Christchurch, New Malden, 6th of October 2019, 10am Joint Harvest Service. Nathan Larkin speaking on food, drink and blessing others. If anyone hasn't noticed, uh, I don't know how we could have missed it, but it's our harvest service today. And here we are, surrounded by all different types of food. Now, you can probably tell to look at me, but I absolutely love food. I love all different kinds of food. Hot food, cold food, sweet food, spicy food, breakfast food, dinner food. In fact, I, I can't think of many types of food that I don't really like. Now, you may be thinking, calm down, Nathan, really? Are you you're just going to stand here and list all of the different kinds of food that you like? What's that got to do with the Bible? Well, I could do that, but I'm not going to, don't worry. But we are going to be talking this morning about food and faith. Um, and not just today, as Stephen said, over the next few weeks, things like food and injustice, food and our health, food and the environment, that's what we're going to be speaking about over the next month or so. But this morning, we're going to be thinking about food, drink, and blessing others. But before we get into that, I'm also going to need a little bit of help from you guys too, especially you guys down here at the front you see, as always here at church, we don't want to leave it at just me speaking a bunch of words that I say and you listening to them. Of course, it's better than that. We want to take things in and we want to put them into practice. And that's where you guys come in. Because this morning, as well as talking about food, we're going to be making some food as well. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm at home and I'm cooking, I have all sorts of timers going all over the place. Sort of set them to keep me right. One alarm going off to say, check the oven. One to say, it's time to put the rice on. And, and basically, this morning, I don't have my timers, but I need you guys to be my alarms. So every now and then, as I'm speaking, you're going to see a slide like this come up. Okay? And it's going to be on the screen, and it says, stop, food break. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop speaking and have a Kit Kat or something, but it does mean that it's time to add another step to the thing that we're all going to be making together. And it also means that you're going to have to pay really close attention for this slide coming up, because when that comes up on the screen, I need you all to shout, stop! Okay, do so you think we can give that a try? What about you guys down at the front? The slide's on the screen, we shout, one, two, three. Stop! Actually, I was going to say do it again, but that's fine. That's perfectly loud enough. Yeah. So when that's on the screen, we shout stop. That's brilliant. So as I said at the beginning, this morning we're going to be talking about how we can bless other people with our food. Stop. Oh, okay. At least I know you're all paying attention. That's good. Yes, we should definitely begin now with our first step because this one can take a little while to get right. So the first step is this. We're going to whip some cream, and we're going to crush some biscuits. Do you think you guys can help with that? Yeah? Okay, let's start with the biscuits. I've got enough to go one at each side, so if you guys want to start, we've got some biscuits here, and the idea is if you crush them in the bag, you can pass it around and you can crush it, and you can do the same here. And once you've crushed it for a bit, pass it back. The idea is that everyone is involved in making this. You don't necessarily need to bash them. You can just give them a good crush with your fingers. And the other thing that can take a little while is whipping cream. <laughs> I should have thought that one through. <laughs> so this can take a little while too. So I'm going to pour the cream in here. 
and uh, no electric whisk this morning. This is going to be completely on the arm power of people here at Christchurch. So we can start with you. You, you, can, you can start whipping and uh, pass it back. We'll all join in together. So remember, just give it a little crush with your fingers. We don't necessarily need to bash it up now. Okay, now I've completely lost my place. <laughs> so there we go. Now that I've put you guys to work, let's get back to the talk. We're going to talk this morning about food and drink and blessing others. So food, what does the Bible have to say about food? And one of the most obvious and common ways that we hear the Bible talking about food, because it's there in loads of places, is in the context of hospitality. As far back as you want to go, shall we, sorry, shall we maybe pass it back? I think that's maybe crossed just enough. Okay. In fact, that one's maybe done already. Shall I take that one? Thank you. <laughs> There'll be more to do, don't worry. Okay. Now, as far back as you want to go in the history of the church, the people of God has, have been given this sort of role, this responsibility. And their responsibility as his followers was to show hospitality. They share what they had with others. And especially, we read about them sharing food and drink. In 1 Peter, we're told to offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. In Romans chapter 12, it says, share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Now, at first glance, this command is fairly straightforward, really. Christians are directed to show hospitality to one another. Now, perhaps this is something that you're already really good at. Maybe you love playing the host, preparing meals, making people feel welcome and at ease. Or perhaps this isn't your most comfortable setting. Maybe even the mention of it makes you feel nervous. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I, I'm not really the best cook in the world. Or perhaps you think, my house is half the size of theirs. Why would they want to come to mine? Maybe you just even struggle with the whole conversation and, and feel a little awkward about it. But unfortunately, this isn't one of those I'll just leave it to them situations. Of course, we all have different skills and we all have different gifts, but as Christians, we must all be making at least some effort to be hospitable. This doesn't mean, oh, thank you very much. This doesn't mean three-course meals and, and fine bone china. In fact, it's probably better if it's not. But it does mean being ready to open our homes, sharing food together, seeing value in a shared meal, and the opportunity to bless someone while getting to know them better. In 1 Timothy, Paul is writing to his young apprentice, Timothy, and he's telling him about what leaders in church need to be like. And in verse 2 of the passage, he says that a leader must be hospitable. And it's not actually till later on, further down the passage, that he goes on to say that a leader must be able to teach. And I think that order is really interesting. Teaching coming after hospitality. So what does that say about the importance of hospitality? It says it's pretty important. So look around you now. Perhaps this is your first Sunday. Maybe you, you've never been to Christchurch before. But maybe you've been coming for years. How many of the people around you do you know? I mean, really know? Could you be making more of an effort to get to know one another? Sharing a meal gives us this really unique opportunity to get to know one another. 
It's why so many of the things that we run here at Christ Church have food right at the center of them. Every few months we have a newcomer's breakfast with that very idea at the heart of it. Share a meal and get to know one another. Maybe you've been to one or perhaps you haven't. Then definitely come to the next one. Grapevine is our lunch club and it takes place on the first Sunday of every month, which is today. So as we join for lunch together, those from Grapevine will also be there. And the idea is that we welcome those on the margins and try to help people find community and make good friendships. Again, a shared meal is at the center and it's exactly the same for things like the night shelter. Sharing a meal together, it reminds us that although our backgrounds, our circumstances, or perhaps even our languages at times are different, that we can still sit together and be united over really good food. So what's the challenge to you? Well, perhaps you might think about getting your diaries out after the service, finally arranging that get-together that you've been meaning to do. Or better still, look out for someone that you don't know and invite them round. Because hospitality really is at the center of our faith. Now, how are we getting on with that cream? Oh, okay. I take it the cream is back there somewhere. How's that looking? Bit more whipping still, that's fine. Okay, it's time for our next step. And our next step is we need to slice some bananas. Now, those of you who already cook are maybe starting to think already what we're going to make, but do I have a volunteer who's going to slice a few bananas? Okay, perhaps, shall we have you two? Do you want to come? And uh, if you want to come here, one of you can peel and the other can slice. And uh, want them just in, in little discs, okay? So you can do that and I'll keep going, okay? So we've already talked about blessing others through food by sharing hospitality. But the next thing the Bible talks about is about celebrating with food. Now the Bible is full of stories of feasts and celebrations from the fattened calf being cooked to celebrate the return of the lost son to the massive party that is thrown when the missing sheep is found. The Bible's not short of celebrations, they're everywhere. And we still celebrate with food today. At Easter, we eat lamb. At Christmas, we cook turkey and ham. And for the only time in the year, we eat Brussels sprouts. And we're called, as Christians, to rejoice, to celebrate. So why not with food? In 1 Corinthians, we read, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And I think food is just such a glorious gift And yet we can take it for granted so often. But why not remember to celebrate with food? So how can that be used to bless other people, you might be thinking? Well, we've got a really great example of it here in our staff team. Elizabeth Hill, who is administrator here at the church, has this wonderful gift, not just for remembering when it's people's birthdays, but every year she asks them what type of cake they want and she bakes it and brings it to our staff meeting. Here are some of the pictures of our staff meeting over the years. And uh, yeah, it's just such a lovely treat to come in on your birthday and know that Elizabeth has baked a cake for you and we enjoy it together, we celebrate together. Now, maybe you're not a baker, but that doesn't mean that you can't bless someone with food. You can't celebrate important landmarks and achievements together. Why not give baking a go? Try baking someone a cake. It might not turn out quite so badly as you think. 
Perhaps you could drop someone a bottle of wine as a, as a gift or a, as a welcome um, present. Let's find ways to be generous and to celebrate together. Now, the next thing, oh, okay, must be time for our next step. Actually, we need to get this together, the crushed biscuits, and we need to press it into the base. So, shall we get, uh, do you want to come up somewhere? Okay, so, the next step, do you want to pour that into there? Into there. Good man. And we'll pour this one in. And here we go. This isn't half as messy as I anticipated. Uh, we will pour some butter in, and I need you to mix that all together. Okay, I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. Good man. Okay. So, we've talked about celebrating with food. Um, we know that we can bless others with food by sharing hospitality as well. But now we're going to think about how we might be generous with our food. And this is a really big one. You see, all the way through the Bible, there's a really big emphasis on looking out for those who are in need. Jesus himself welcomed the lost and ate with people who ordinarily would have been excluded from society. Not only that, Jesus' teaching on generosity, it really particularly focuses on welcoming those who have nothing to give in return. Oh, thank you. Wow, perfect cream. Wow, in fact, you guys have done quite, a, quite the job of whipping that. Um, I'll set that here for now. Um, team effort. So, yeah, as I said, Jesus, he particularly emphasizes welcoming those who've got nothing to give in return. In Luke chapter 14, there we go. Um, it says this, well, Jesus said this. When you give a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends or your relatives or your rich neighbors as they might invite you in return and then you're repaid in full. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed because they can't repay you. In that story that we heard read at the beginning, the widow of Zarephath, in that story, we heard that she provided hospitality for Elijah and generosity when she was facing starvation and death herself. And when she did that, God provided for her. That generosity, it's a characteristic of those who live as God intends. In fact, Israel was the only ancient Near Eastern country with laws that protected the stranger and the alien. The judges were commanded to deal impartially between foreigners and Israelites. Farmers were told to leave a portion of their crop around the outside. They were to leave that behind in the field and not to harvest it so that those less fortunate could come and eat. And in these laws, we see, we get a glimpse, we see something of God's own heart. And we might ask ourselves whether our hearts are like God's. Do we have compassion for the outsider? Are we concerned for those who are struggling? So the question we might ask is, how might we bless people in those situations using food? Well, the first answer is pretty obvious. Let's look around at all of this food. All of this has been donated, and it's going to a variety of people in need, including to our local food bank, which sadly is becoming more and more necessary. 
The collection today will also be going to the food bank. So perhaps you can contribute in that way too. Or maybe, maybe you could think about stopping and buying some food the next time you see someone in the street who looks hungry. Or better yet, buy two meals and share it with them together. Listen to their story and bless them with your company as well. Thank you. You see, the amazing thing is that when we share food with those who are in need, it's often us who are most blessed. I've got my favorite example of this. It was right here at Christchurch at the night shelter a few years ago. And it was with a guy called Jeffrey. And Jeffrey was originally from India. He was a chef. And he moved to the UK and unfortunately fell upon really hard times. And for years, he'd been coming to the night shelter here. Um, and one year, I was sitting and eating with Jeffrey along with my wife, Anna. And Anna had lived in India for a few years, so they got to talking about the things that Anna liked in India. They, Anna mentioned that she loved drinking chai, and he said, oh, I haven't had a proper chai in years. Uh, the stuff we get here just isn't the same. What we didn't know was that behind us, a lady called Bula, who was also Indian, um, who was there to help and volunteer at the night shelter, had overheard this conversation. And she had a flight the next morning, so had to leave early. But later on that evening, Bula shows up with a little flask of chai. She'd gone home. She'd made from scratch warm milk, spices, sugar, whatever goes into a proper chai. And we sat around the table, Anna, Jeffrey, and I, uh, an English girl, an Irish guy, and an Indian. It sounds like a bad joke, but we sat there with no reason to be in the same room together, except that we were sat around this cup of chai and sharing it. And I felt transported somewhere else. We weren't in a night shelter. It didn't matter our differences. As we shared that drink together, there was something really special happening. You see, when we are thoughtful and when we're generous, we're demonstrating the very character of God who's invited us into community with him. And in that way, we provide a living picture of the gospel. Now, oh, okay. Right, must be time for our next step, and we must be getting near the end because this, this is the final bits, all the final bits. Okay, so who thinks they'll be good at the detailed bits, the assembling? Do you want to come up? So... What we need for you to do is to take, it won't, have, won't be all of this, some of the crushed biscuits and to press it in there. Okay. Yeah. Then we put the sliced banana on. Okay. Then we put the caramel. Okay. And then the cream. Okay. Does that make sense? If you need any help, just tap me and stop, I'll stop and uh, we, I can give a hand. So I'm quite looking forward to eating this. <laughs> but yeah, it, it smells good up here. So where were we? Well, the final point that I want to make about blessing others through food and drink is maybe the most appropriate for today. Because as you will hopefully know, today we're having a shared lunch after the service. And I think one of the most amazing things about sharing food is the way that it can nurture community when we come together to eat. Just like in that story I told about Jeffrey and the chai, Food has an amazing way of bringing people together. Whether it's in our home showing hospitality, or whether it's here at church, at the night shelter, or at the grapevine lunch, or even today as we join together 
to celebrate harvest. We can take what we've brought, put it in the middle, and enjoy it together. Take this banoffee pie that's, that's almost completed. Lots of us have had a hand in making it. Some of, some of us whisked, some of us chopped, some of us crushed. We've all had a hand in making it, but yet we can come together and enjoy it together, hopefully as we, as we share it later. And that's what the early church was like. They shared what they had. They made sure that no one was left behind. And I just want you to imagine being part of a community that's like that. Because we can be. But it has to start somewhere. It has to start with us deciding that we want to be in a community that means something. We want to share our lives together. We want to share in a meaningful relationship with each other. So, how can you bless the community with food and drink? Well, there's loads of ways. Perhaps you could go shopping for someone who struggles to get out of the house. I actually know of someone here at church who gave cooking lessons to some of our teenagers when they realized that they didn't know how to cook. Perhaps you could get involved with Grapevine or the Night Shelter, as I mentioned, or offer your services in some other way. When my mum was ill, her friends from church put together a rota and provided meals for our family for weeks while she recovered. And something similar happened, actually, after my daughter Emily was born. The truth is, the sky is the limit. As thoughtful and generous and creative as we're willing to be, that's what our community can be. So look out for those who are struggling. It'll be easier if we're already in meaningful community, and it'll be better if we're practicing hospitality already. We'll actually know each other and know what our needs are. Let's think of ways to bless others in our community. Let's nurture it, feed it. Let's share God's love. But importantly, let's be willing to receive it as well. Perhaps we find it quite easy to bless others, but we struggle to humble ourselves to receive other people's generosity. But that's just as important. It's a two-way street. Living by the grace and hospitality of others, it reminds us that everything we have is a gift from above. So as we finish, let's commit to being a community that is welcoming and hospitable. May we share our homes and our food, not just with people that we're close to, but may we use them as a way to get to know each other as well. Let's aim to be a people who celebrate together. And may we be known for our willingness to party and to feast and to care deeply about one another's lives. And how about we strive to be a community that is marked by generosity? May we share not only our food, but our time and our whole selves with those who are broken and struggling. And may we commit to nurture that community. And we can start right here today. Thank you very much to everyone who has helped. You can, in fact, if we take this off to the side, we can finish it off. Anyone who wants to, is brave enough to eat the banoffee pie later, it will be out there for the shared lunch. Um, but yeah, thank you.